Please pray with me, if you will, as we turn to the scriptures to hear them read and proclaimed. Let us pray together. Glory to you, almighty God, for you sent your only begotten Son that we might have new life. Glory to you, Lord Jesus Christ, for you became flesh and dwelt among us that we might become your people. Glory to you, Holy Spirit and Comforter, for you direct and rule our lives. As we open your word to read it and proclaim it, we ask you, O Lord, to shed the light of your glory upon us, illuminate the dark corners of our understanding, so that we may walk in the daylight of your wisdom, truth, and love. Glory to you, almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, both now and forever. Amen. Our Old Testament reading on this first Sunday of Christmas comes from the prophet Isaiah, the 61st chapter, verse 10, and then reading through to the first three verses of the 62nd chapter. So listen now for the word of God to the church. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My whole being shall exult in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decks himself with a garland and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the earth brings forth its shoots, and as a garden causes what is sown in it to spring up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all the nations. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent, and for Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest until her vindication shines out like the dawn and her salvation like a burning torch. The nations shall see your vindication and all the kings your glory, and you shall be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will give. You shall be a crown of beauty in the hand of the Lord and a royal diadem in the hand of your God. Our New Testament lesson on this first Sunday of Christmas comes from the second chapter of Luke, verses 22 through 40. When the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, Mary and Joseph brought Jesus up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus, to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace, according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, 
a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, this child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be opposed so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, then as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but worshiped there with fasting and prayer night and day. At that moment, she came and began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption Jerusalem. When they had finished everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So if you are counting, today is the third day of Christmas. The song kind of prompts us to do that kind of counting. And according to the 12 days of Christmas, we are still in the birds. So what you can expect from your true love today is three French hens. Now, I'll confess to you, I've never really understood the deal with all the bird gifts. The one day I thought I had a pretty good handle on was day five and its golden rings until I found out that even those gifts may have originated as a reference to the ring around a pheasant's neck. So even that gift is about a bird, which makes a full week, seven days of consecutive bird gifts, all culminating in that peculiar partridge who prefers to park precariously upon a pear perch. And in the midst of this feverish feathered festivity, I do want to focus this morning on the gift from yesterday, the second day of Christmas, the two turtle doves. It's the one gift that seems to relate pretty clearly to the birth of Christ. As we've just heard, Mary and Joseph travel to Jerusalem with newborn Jesus in tow, carrying with them their offering of two turtle doves. And it may seem to us like a minor, somewhat extraneous detail, but this morning I propose to you that the entirety of the gospel may actually be foreshadowed in this feathered offering. That these two little birds can serve as wonderful symbols of the faith that will surround the newborn babe of Mary. And the first way that the turtle doves symbolize the gospel message is that they represent the vulnerable state of the human condition. According to the Torah, a Hebrew woman was required to make a burnt offering a certain number of days after childbirth as an act of ritual purification. Now, this does not mean that childbirth was sinful or that a woman incurred some sort of guilt in the process of bringing a baby into the world. The Jewish custom simply followed every other religion of that era in recognizing the tremendous challenges of childbirth. 
There's a reason they call it labor. And anyone who has brought a newborn baby home from the hospital knows that for a while, pretty much every aspect of life can seem a bit laborious. Most parents don't sleep right or eat right for a while. Everybody's kind of in a sleep-deprived haze, especially the mother. So the Hebrew law recognized that it takes time before a woman who has had a baby can get back to full strength, back to full engagement with her family and the community. This burnt offering was a ritualized recognition that this difficult time had come to an end, at least a symbolic end. Mary's offering of turtle doves was not about guilt or sin. It was not, as many Hebrew offerings were, a request for forgiveness or some kind of cleansing for some wrong. But it did recognize that childbirth, like sin, is something that weakens us, something that makes us vulnerable, something that makes us tired. And it's a recognition that we as human beings often need help, help from other people, and help from God. And in all of these cases, the law called for an offering of turtle doves. When life got bumpy, when someone was weak or struggling in some way, under some burden, then it was time for the turtle doves. Mary and Joseph had just been through a traumatic period. It was clearly full of joy, but it had also been hard work. And not everything had been easy. And they knew, as we often do, that they needed some divine help to make it through. So they set out for Jerusalem with the new baby, with new hopes and new dreams. And they also carried with them two turtle doves. The second thing these birds do is bear witness to the poverty of this family. The parents of Jesus were poor people. And we know this because the only gift they were able to bring was the two doves. Parents who were better off, who could afford a more generous gift to God, would often bring a lamb in addition to one dove. But God's law understood and understands that not all people are rich. Lambs are expensive, and they certainly were in those days. So a family, if they could not afford a lamb, that family was able to substitute under the law a second turtle in place, I mean, a second turtle dove, not a turtle, a second turtle dove in place of that lamb. And that is what the parents of Jesus had to do. So the gift that Mary and Joseph carried with them was a poor family's gift. And it reminds us that salvation is not just given to the rich or powerful that Jesus does not care if we are rich or poor, strong or weak. The salvation of Christ comes to all people. No person, no matter how rich, can ever pay his or her way into grace. In fact, the only way to receive grace is to accept it humbly, without bluster or swagger. So the turtle doves remind us that when it comes to the things that we can offer to God, all of us are poor. The third way these birds symbolize the gospel is perhaps the most obvious. From biblical times until the present day, the dove has been a primary symbol of peace. 
When Noah released a dove from the deck of the ark and the dove returned with an olive branch in its beak, Noah knew that the storm was over. The dove signaled the end of the violence, the end of the death caused by the flood, and the beginning of a new era of peace. The inbreaking of that kind of peace is announced by the old righteous man, Simeon, who takes the infant Jesus in his arms and proclaims, Now, Master, you are dismissing your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation. In response to our vulnerability and our weakness and our spiritual poverty, the turtle doves represent a God who comes to give us peace. Even so, that peace has an edge. And that leads us to another message we find in the doves. The fate of those turtle doves is neither easy nor light because very soon a sword will pierce them. Simeon also suggests that a sword waits for Mary, and probably Joseph as well. This child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel to be a sign that will be opposed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Mary's newborn child holds a power that is destined to shake up the world. And that is why through the centuries, great works of art have used doves to signify the power of the Holy Spirit. The two turtle doves remind us that the gospel is not just about the coming of peace, but also about the coming of a worldly force that is strong enough to contend against every principality, every power that is at war with God's peace and that is not aligned with God's plan. Just as the two doves being carried by Mary and Joseph will face a painful end in Jerusalem, so will the child who accompanies them. On this first Sunday of Christmas, Good Friday is already being foreshadowed. If this little child is to overcome the powers of darkness in the world, he will need the full power and presence of the Holy Spirit to do it. And so the doves ride with him on his first journey up to Jerusalem. And of course, last but not least, the two doves represent love. They would have to, wouldn't they? In the love letter of the Bible, the ancient Song of Songs, the turtle dove is a symbol of a springtime romance. My beloved speaks and says to me, Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. For now the winter is past, the rain is over and gone. The flowers appear on the earth, the time of singing has come, and the voice of the turtle dove is heard in our land. On this first Sunday of Christmas, the messages of the carols are still echoing in our ears. Some of the decorations may already be down. The garlands of this season still surround us, reminding us that the greatest gift of this season and the one that really endures is love. The child that Mary and Joseph brought to the temple, the child that an old prophet had waited a lifetime to see, marks the end of a season of cold and suffering 
He answers the prayers of those who have wondered when God will finally show up, and at long last the winter is past. The rain is over and gone. The flowers are appearing. The time of singing has come. And the voice of the turtle dove is heard in our land. So, this story does mention two birds. But the message is much deeper than that. These two birds, in many ways, are harbingers of a much bigger and more glorious story. Much bigger than a trip by Jewish parents trying to check some ritual box. On the first Sunday of Christmas, the Lord God gives to us two turtle doves. They are simple creatures. They preach a powerful sermon. They remind us of our vulnerability and our sin, the desperate need that brings us to worship again this morning. They remind us that each of us is spiritually poor, that we really have nothing of value to lay before the king. They remind us that Christmas comes to bring peace, but that it is also accompanied by boundless power, the power of the Most High. But most of all, we are reminded that the gift of God in Christ Jesus is wrapped in the deepest and most incredible love the world has ever known. As the Apostle Paul says, thanks be to God for this indescribable gift.